You're listening to the Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome to Blake Scenario. I am your lovely host, Marie, a.k.a. the Queen in Yellow. I am Emily, a.k.a. Darkling. I'm Casey, a.k.a. Grumpy Elf. I'm Sir Sasquatch. For some reason in my head, I expected Casey to say Casey, a.k.a. Sasquatch, and I don't know why. (laughs) My head is like, that's the wrong name. No, wait. (laughs) Akka. Akka. Anyway, speaking of Casey, I believe you have our inspiration for today. Are we actually going to jump into this one immediately and not have a whole bunch of side side things? Do it. Because that hasn't happened on any of the Do ones it. that we've done thus far. Do it. It's after lunch. We got so, time. Have you ever noticed that Palpatine, when it. <laughs> really? No. Aw. If only. He had to do it, do it. Sweet. Movies. We vamped for time. So, okay. <laughs> I was sitting at a breakfast and we were swapping stories. It was a bunch of guys. And I brought up the fact that I am fascinated by the Salem witch trials. And what all those trials are about and what all the things that went through. And we got off onto bizarre stories of weird deaths because, you know, that's where that's going to go. And somebody brought up a weird death that I thought would make for a perfect hook or starter to a blank scenario. The hook is there was a woman who was accused and convicted of witchcraft, who was a very bitter and angry woman and... On her sentencing, she told everybody, because she was being taken out to be burned at the stake, so help me, if you burn me, you all will die as well. They all laughed at her, they lit the fire, and she exploded. Because she had packed her clothing with (laughs) gunpowder. Killing not only herself, but everyone that was also at that meetup, and basically most of the town. For me, I thought this would make a fantastic starter to a scenario for a mystery-esque investigation that your players are brought in to oversee this execution, perhaps, to oversee the, the situation that nothing will go wrong, or maybe they're just happens full bystanders. But they come across this, this explosion happens as described, and it is now up to your players to figure out what led to somebody being so distraught or frustrated or whatever it may be to do that kind of thing at their death. So it's a post-mortem investigation. My mind first jumps to the idea of just public execution in general. That if she's been sentenced, it might be a big deal that they're actually burning someone at the stake. It could be a sentence that's not been handed out for a while. So kind of like in France, whenever someone's beheaded, people would show up to watch. So maybe just a lot of people have come to see this because no one's ever seen someone burned alive at the stake before. It's morbid, but, you know, people just tend to gather those things. So your party might be in town or might have come here because there's a lot of people here currently. Okay. And... As far as why they're investigating, it feels like one of those things where they're like one of the few survivors. Survivors of... The explosion. Oh, the, Depending the on players? how big the explosion is. So my, my thinking with that was that they were, they were hired to investigate as mm. kind of the post-mortem to all of this. They witnessed the experience and then they're investigating why this happened the way that it did. Like they're hired on by the town. Yeah. I mean, if it's a town they've been through before, maybe the town knows them by reputation. Maybe, yeah. 
So the spectacle and everything has been locked in that there was an explosion. Yes, I would like that to be the hook at the very least. That's your starter. We can build out what happens after that. I figured that's what this scenario would be about, but it's a good starter, if nothing else. Hmm. Coming into town, seeing, I'm not going to say just an execution, but a spectacular execution. So knowing you, it can be any manner of bizarre execution that they came up with, but something fantastical and it and could go really well or really wrong in the best way that would lead to, okay, now we need to figure out why that happened. I'd be curious to see if there would be a way of doing this to where she's pled guilty to a charge and it was an unexpected sentence that you're going to be burned at the stake. And it's not so much that she was cursing the town, but that like blackmail almost that you're going to take the fall for this. And because the substance is in your body, but she knows she's flammable. Basically that is her warning the town. She can't say anything because she's being blackmailed. She's taking the fall for it, but she didn't expect to be burned at the stake. So she's now trying to get the town to give her a different sentence and it did not work out. I would also say with an explosion, you don't have a body and one of my witnesses slight. Yeah, there's witnesses, but one of my slight offsets when I was trying not to fully flesh this thing out was what if that explosion went off and she was not there? Like she was teleported out or maybe she was actually a magic user. That is also an option. Oh, so the explosion was a cover for her escaping. Pretty much. That could be an option. Doesn't have to guarantee Depends upon how you want the story to hit. Also, with explosions, you wouldn't have any sort of heads to question the dead. No jaws, nothing. Mm -hmm. So you literally couldn't resurrect the dead or anything because there's nothing left. I do like the idea of her being teleported out, especially if this is a crime she's pled guilty to and just wasn't expecting the outcome on. Maybe she was expecting to go to prison for lifetime, whatever, and so she was expecting to be able to escape. And now she's trying to convince them not to burn her because bad things will happen to you. And so whoever she is working with has been conniving a way of like, you know, we need to draw a teleportation circle underneath where she's being burned at the stake. And at the time that the fire is lit, I need to start it. And the gunpowder I set will go off in this place. (laughs) This feels like a very elaborate backtracking kind of story you could come up with. You know, it occurs to me one of all of the dramatic story plot threads that we've started one of the few that i don't think we've ever done is essentially the romeo and juliet approach everyone dies (laughs) no we've done that several times okay the idea that she is trying to escape from this life by faking her death Mm -hmm. oh okay and i say romeo and juliet because it could be because of some kind of love interest that she has in the town because that's something we've never explored as far as stories are concerned and could make for an interesting investigation, especially if, you know, her her boyfriend is still living in the town and has her hidden in his basement or something until they can actually leave. If you take actual Romeo and Juliet, Romeo's in Spanish outside the town because of what happened. And she could have been implemented in, in the crime kind of um, Bonnie and Clyde. Implicated, sorry. Clyde got away. Bonnie was arrested and tried. And again, was not expecting the sentencing So in order to escape and be with her loved one, she has to somehow fake her own death while in prison. So her saying, you will all die with me, is her way of telling the other person, you need to get me out of here because I can't. (laughs) Which then leads to a potential 
So so now we've got the potential town that has two families. If we want to steal wholesale, <laughs> oh, yes, please. two sides of it, two separate families, and one of them is actually running the town. I would not make them evil by any means, by any stretch of the imagination, nor would I make them corrupt. But neither side gets along with the other mm-hmm. side. I mean, it could be like they were, you know, one family has been here for centuries and this is just, you know, the family lines can go back hundreds of years in this area. One family's been there for centuries. A new family just moved in. They're already popular. That could work. New kids on the block. Yeah. So they just, they have um, a rivalry going Mm -hmm. and you have Romeo and Juliet who fall in love. They're, Romeo is accused of a crime. Juliet's implicated. She decides to take the fall, hoping she can escape to be with Romeo. And instead of Romeo has to figure out how how to fake her own death. And get her out alive without anyone catching on. But um, that's already happened. So we're coming at the tail end of this. Yeah. yeah. I would love to include drows and elves in this rather than the <laughs> traditional elves and dwarves. That they are still, I mean, they're close enough in relation. And you could absolutely have it where the Romeo character is the the drow. So then it would make sense that he's not hiding out of the city. He's hiding underground. Yeah. They know the tunnels well enough. So lock in that we have a Roman Juliet situation. Yes. Part of me wants to have it to where his attempt to get her out was the botched execution. He's just really bad at what he does. You want it to really go wrong? I mean, kind you of. can. Because if this has already been like an established thing that's happened, the only two things I can think to do at this point is, okay, so we figured out why it exploded. And now it's a choice of helping these two kids... I quote unquote kids mm-hmm. get out of Dodge or turn them in, or the Romeo in this situation is extremely depressed and distraught because he just blew Juliet up <laughs> in an attempt to save her life, which was not something that gets visited very often. I mean, we've done it in campaigns because we've killed people, cough, cough. Uh, people have died <laughs> on accident and it, and it kind of threw things for a loop. Was it an accident? Anyway. What what's really funny about this is you've set up a black comedy situation. <laughs> you've set up a situation where Romeo could think that he's teleported her. He set the explosives underneath and he did teleport her, but he hasn't gone to check on her because he can't. Uh-huh. And he didn't teleport her before the bomb completely went off. <laughs> so it's just like the hand with the ring on it. So it's just the body. This is wherever he's left it. And that's your that's your end shot is She's okay. She's right here. Oh. <laughs> no, no. It's pieces of the body at that point. That's what I say. Like, the only thing teleported was her hand with the engagement ring on it. And the rest oh. of it's charred that was because it. it was a full arm, but fire kind of happened. Yeah. So. yeah. so you would have bits of the body out there. And then so Romeo, thinking he's pulled it off, isn't thinking clearly. He just knows he has to lay low until he can go check on her. And so you get there and there's like a supply of like food and water and there's like a nice bed set up. There's rose petals that were laid out and everything like that. This whole, You could have a whole thing of him walking like, no, she's fine. I set this all up for her. Crash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or not to steal from our horse girl scenario from before. <laughs> Please do. What's saying? You can go back and listen to that on a prior episode. What's saying that he doesn't do that? Exactly what we said. Finds the body. And now as your party is investigating, he looks really weird because he keeps collecting all of this weird stuff and they're finding him out in the forest and he's trying to to pull together the needed items to pull together a resurrection ritual. That's excellent because that could mean she was taking the fall for him as a witch. 
which is the whole thing that got her in trouble in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because witches can't be male. Exactly. I mean, you could have an uber-religious area where the god they worship doesn't allow for... I mean, even like with the drow, the idea of sorcery is heretic. Mm-hmm. So you could have a town that is very religious to their deity, so anything that deviates is viewed as heretic. Anything arcane. Yeah, so the drow coming in, they're seen as bad. They found this, you know, witch trove, which mm-hmm. as adventures, like, yeah, I'm a wizard. I literally carry this everywhere I go. But because you presumably your party probably is not a drow, <laughs> you can have that racial tension there between the two elves and the drow. And so she's like, no, no, this was mine. Didn't expect to be burned at the stake. I don't know if we would have to decide right now what it was that put her there. Personally, I mm-hmm. prefer that it's it's something petty. It's not inherently yeah. that she was a witch or that she was practicing anything arcane. I think it works. It, it might not work to make the, the person who put her there not evil, I guess. But um, I like the idea that for whatever reason that she ended up there, she was there. An attempt was made to save her life. And through this investigation, your party is turning up weird stuff like there is proof there is a bomb there are bodies but not hers i mean i would even just argue it's not her full body that they you know coroner gets you know all the chunks of her in one spot and says yeah we're missing pieces still and they can't find them and every time they come back he's like well uh her body's in this one spot that i put her it's in the coffin so we'll just add pieces as we go and if your adventurers find a piece they think belongs to her and they open it up to look in the coffin she's gone yeah or parts of her are gone romeo has gone and collected all the bits he can what makes this even better before then is that one of two things then happens in this town that's a as you've described it a very superstitious town either one the town believes that they have zombies (laughs) vampire running around or two they believe that there is some kind of witchcraft slash vampire going Mm -hmm. on here because they find a dug up coffin that we know is because Romeo is trying to pull back together his corpse bride. <laughs> but the town looks at as proof that she is alive again because there is no body in this now dug up casket. So but they don't know which body's whom. <laughs> so he has to dig up a body and be like, that's not her. That's not her. That's not her. That's not her. Oh, that's her. Yeah, that definitely. I think. Is it? No, yep. no, it can't be. Yes, it is. So, so then as your party's investigating, trying to figure out. What causes the town is basically shutting down around them as people are locking themselves in their homes during a Freaking actual out. Salem witch trial. Yep. Is there anything else we want to lock in? Because I know I've done all of those thus far. Um, I guess I'd lock in that Romeo has incidentally killed Juliet and is now trying to find a way to bring her back. Whether he's successful or not, it's probably up to the DM. But at the very least, like I imagine like after the execution and the explosion... He seems okay, and then a day or two later, he seems really distraught, like just a sudden turnaround. Like, he was fine until today. So what happened today? And that's when he realized she didn't survive. And now he's going around doing all of this. So you don't have a super rushed timeline for your investigators to figure it out. They have Romeo, who's probably the prime suspect, because people know that they were involved somehow. But Romeo doesn't seem to know anything, and then he seems to adjust his behavior later. So your party may or may not figure out what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But if they do, they could try to help. They could turn him over to the authorities. They could do all kinds of things. So one more conflict I think we do need for this, because I know you're saying we don't need a time clock. I think we need something that's going to push your players to do something. Because mm-hmm. right now they have no reason to really engage. So I'm not going to define specifically what it is because I already have got my own ideas on it. But there needs to be something if 
Romeo is successful in this ritual, something bad is going to happen. I don't know what that is. I don't think we have to define that right now, but I do want to lock that in. If the ritual succeeds, something bad will happen. What if the thing that, what what if it gets to a point where it's personal somehow for Romeo with the party? Like what if there's something the party has that he needs to finish what it is he's doing? Would that be enough? Because I'm trying to think of what could a spell like this have or the impact it could have on a town. And that's kind of the whole point of a hermit or an outcast is they're trying not to have a whole lot to do with the town. Unless they want to extract vengeance, which that's different. Not to completely undercut what I'm going to do, but we're living in a world where demons make deals and Mm -hmm. gods are real. There's any number of bad things that can come from a ritual, whether it's done right or wrong, that can drive your party to realize bad stuff is going to happen if he does this. He doesn't understand what he's doing. So maybe leave that one up to the DM then. Yeah. That that works for me. I, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Also, the fact that I think everybody's going to come up with their own idea of what that bad thing is. I think that's kind of our why this matters based upon what we've set up. I think that'll set up the central conflict for everybody else's specific approach. That works for me. Um, I feel like for the most part, the core of the scenario is pretty fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of the specifics as to the bad thing Romeo can cause and also how the town will be impacted. Do we want to go ahead and do a five-minute scribble break? So, Isaac, you're up first. Okay, so I took this a little bit different. By a little bit, I mean a lot of it. Um, So what would happen if Romeo and Juliet was replaced with Frankenstein? Um, So my theory is that Romeo is Dr. Frankenstein, and he's on a quest to find the perfect bride. Lots of eligible ladies in town, but each of them has a flaw that he sees. So he decides to have this kind of spectacle. He there there's someone that he's been very sweet on, but long story short, when yeah, and you'll learn this as you go. I, I didn't structure this very well. He has been wanting to improve her per se. And so at some point in town there's a giant explosion. And it's very calculated. You notice that not only did this girl die but also a number of the other ladies in town are now maimed, missing, dead, etc. And for the corpses that there are, there are significant numbers of them with bits and pieces missing. And it, it's not something as blatant as a hand. It might be this person's missing a finger. This corpse is missing both ears for some reason, etc. And you get to a point where he's been reconstructing his bride. So the girl that he was with is now has both those ears and that specific finger on. The way that your party gets involved is that you come in to check all this out afterwards. And you're following up on your leads. But as soon as you meet uh, Frankenstein Capulet or whichever whichever name it is in this. Frankenstein Scapula. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he becomes very fixated on one member of the party for whatever reason. And you can choose as the DM what, what that thing is. 
At some point, I think to do this effectively, you could split the party. Maybe you should split the party, but that person gets kidnapped in one way or another. Wake up in the dungeon, and this makes a great one-shot, because if this is a one-and-done character, then if Frankenstein actually succeeds in doing whatever he needs to do to this person, that aspect of them is now part of this bride. Um, I foresee this ending with you having to fight the corpse bride and your party, if you don't get there in time for whatever reason, you could lose this party member. This party member also has to do their best to escape on their own terms. And there's a number of ways in and out to get it done, but there's also that pressure of if we don't succeed, this will have a permanent impact, if not kill that specific party member. So, a bit of a hybrid, but that is what came to me in the five minutes of Scribbles. I like the fact that yours lands squarely within survival horror unintentionally. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. This would work great if you have a essentially a group campaign where only one person can meet. You could do a one-on-one with this of let's escape from Ooh. you know Frankenstein Capulet's castle. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you've set it up where you could have somewhere in between flesh golems and homunculi that are running around in this place from failed experiments that he's done. There was a one uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks cartoon, I think, where they found Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Alvin and the Chipmunks meets Frankenstein. And on a regular basis, when Dr. Frankenstein met people, he was asking them, what size shoe do you wear? Mm -hmm. And stuff like that. And it was just... It's very reminiscent of what could be going on here. He's he's like when you're not looking he, at some point, he actually grabs a party member and is looking through their mouth at the teeth, <laughs> checking things out. You just really have, have fun Have the tape measure and just, you know, checking to see, okay, 6'3", a little bit 6'2", ah, 5'8", that's not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went a bit more straightforward with demon summoning because, of course, so... You have this fairly well-off town. I imagine there are more people here than just the elves, but that would be probably one of the prominent families, especially since elves tend to live forever, that you have had a family of drow that have moved in and become quite popular, and this caused a bit of rivalry. Not anything too intense, but it's one of those things where if one is hired for a job, the other one has to compete for it, and if one puts in a bid for a job, the other one, like, there's just rivalry going on. The town knows about it. No one's done anything major, so it's not a big deal. But you have your classic Romeo, who's a drow, who falls in with Juliet, who is one of the elves. And Juliet is one night after sneaking out to see Romeo. She is caught on a very trivial charge. However, this is one of those archaic laws that comes up where the punishment is to be burned at the stake. And no one was really expecting this. The elves are not happy about it, but they can't go against the town this has become a bit of a spectacle because this hasn't happened in centuries. So there's a bit of a build up here. This is where the party comes in. They might be following someone to the town. Maybe they were traveling through and, you know, people are gravitating here anyway. If you see a large crowd of people going down the street, you're probably following them just as he was happening. So your party ends up here and you see Julie who's being let out, who's saying that you cannot burn me. If you do, you all die, blah, 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 whatever. Seemingly threat she's yelling at them. Gets in a stake, fire is lit, you hear a scream, and then there's an explosion. And in that explosion, the fire is lit everywhere. People catch on fire, people are injured, blah, blah, blah. The aftermath is that there are bits of bodies found. However, the coroner, or whoever be coroner, realizes that the pieces don't come from the same body. 
And some of them are actually male and not female. So there is something afoot here. Cue the investigators being hired through whatever contacts you may have in the town or people there to investigate this. First lead is to Romeo, who the first time you meet him seems fairly calm and decent. It's weird that he's this calm, especially if the person he was supposed to be crushing on is dead. So that might make the party suspicious. They might not, and they might investigate elsewhere. The next time they see him, regardless of whatever else they do, he is distraught. And he is running around town like a madman trying to find something. What he's looking for is his dad's old tome. That his dad, being a drow, has these family heirlooms that are passed down. And while drow are not inherently evil, their society kind of is. <laughs> so they have all these, you know, kind of dark magic books and everything that, you know, that looks nice on the shelf, but no one really actually reads them. So he gets this book and finds a ritual that he can use to offer a drow entity, demon, whatever you want to call it, something to get Juliet back. And he is offering the town. Because he believes it's the town's fault this happened. If it hadn't been for the rivalry, they could have been in love and gotten married and all this stuff. If it hadn't been for the laws, she would have been alive. He blames himself a little bit for messing up on the um, exchange body spell. But mostly it's the town's fault. They're going to burn for it. He's going to take them down. So he now begins getting different necessities for the ritual. At any point, your party can interrupt him. They could find him getting the ingredients for the ritual. Figure out that Juliet is dead and he's trying to bring her back. At which point they can help with the ritual. They believe the town deserves it. They can, you know, bring her back in other magical ways, especially if they're high level. Or if they don't stop him, he completes the ritual. Juliet is brought back in a kind of shallow essence of life. Um, if it makes any sense, the Game of Thrones where, what's his name, comes back for... Oh, John. No, um... Spoilers for Momoa. a series that everyone hates. Um, Jason Momoa's character. Drago. Yeah, Drago comes back, but he is basically—he's basically, Drogo. He's Drogo. basically um, vegetable. He has no mental capacity at all. He is alive in a physical sense, but mentally, he didn't come back. That was—that's what's happened to Juliet. She's alive to a point, but Romeo is now in this town, which is on lockdown because of the explosion, because they didn't want anyone getting out. He has to get out with Juliet before the town is destroyed, which I wrote down three days. You could do that evening, whatever time frame. But if he doesn't get out, he's going down with the town. And now for your party, the only way to stop them is to kill Romeo. That Romeo now has to die in order to save the entire town. So a bit more of a classic kind of D&D Cthulian mystery, but a life for life. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah, that mm-hmm. if to break the pact, you kill Romeo once it's been made. Otherwise... You want to get out of town with him. Yeah. And again, depending upon the party, they may decide the town deserves it. And, you know, we're just going to leave with you. Okay. Emily? All right. Well, mine kind of similar to what we were thinking about. Whereas this party, while traveling through the country, they happen to come across this town. We're on the outskirts of town. They see some people seems to be heading into town rather quickly, and they're curious. So they they pull somebody aside, and they're asking what's going on. And the uh, peasant tells them, "Yes, well, there's this big hadoo in town. They're going to be burning a witch." Of course, your party's like, "Witch? That's a thing? You you really?" And then 
maybe if you have time, the guy will explain, yes, witches are evil. Didn't, didn't you know that? Silly adventure type thing. No sort of magic is allowed in town. In which case, if your entire party is magically based, that might be an issue. Or at least holy magic based is okay. Because clerics and paladins are good, as opposed to wizards and... Uh, uh, it depends on a deity. <laughs> True that. But anyhow, going into town... When your party's still on the outskirts, suddenly there's this rather large explosion further in. Well, heading towards the explosion, you see bits of rubble and strewn bodies just laying in this massive crater. And clearly, you can tell something horrible happened. And that something horrible, you figured out, is from the witch trial. And doing a little bit of investigation, one of the survivors who was a town elder, he didn't come to the event because he couldn't make it, he was dealing with something out of town. He comes and he tells you... So they're executing Juliet because she confessed to being a witch. And we can't have witches here. And we rarely have uh, burning at the stake, but we seemed it was quite fitting because we haven't had that in a few years now. So executed by burning at the stake, but she put a curse on us. You're adventurers. You can help us, right? So the town asked the adventurers to help them put a rest to the wandering spirit and also figure out a way to end the curse because clearly stuff's going on. Things are disappearing. People's houses are being broken into while they're away. An evil spirit is at rest, stealing things. Well, through the course of the evening and into the night, the party must determine what happened, as in what caused the spell, and even if all what's happening with people's homes being broken into and items going missing and all that, they, they gotta determine if it's a ghost, because ghosts don't steal things. But anyhow, throughout your investigation, you find out that Romeo is in fact a sorcerer. And the town being against all sorts of sorcerers, they didn't know who was doing it. They just knew some sort of sorcery was going on because weird things are happening. In catching the two, Juliet confesses to the crimes, air quotes, crimes that they have devised as being so. And they arrest her. Well, Romeo's saying, oh, she's innocent. And they're like, oh, be quiet, young man. She's put a spell on you. So they drag her into town and commit a faux witch trial. She, of course, is convicted. But Romeo's trying to decide how he can get her out of there. He decides upon this elaborate scheme by which, at the point the fire is lit, he'll teleport her and cause a mini-explosion. Unfortunately, the timing wasn't right because um, she died. And in dying and being teleported out of the explosion, there was a kerfuffle and her body uh, didn't make it. A lot of her body didn't make it. So Romeo is trying to literally piece together his love. And in finding out and finding this out, you realize that if he resurrects her, it will awaken a dark curse over the entire land, which you find out if you're examining, because there's probably going to be a few old wise women just standing in the corner and being like, oh yes, we occasionally have dark ghosts and evil spirits. <laughs> and you find out that the valley they're in is a conduit for all the dark spirits they've uh, innocently killed over the time, over the course of this. So any person killed unjustly well, their spirit now resides within the land. And Juliet's body is a perfect conduit because once put together, all the dark spirits shall descend into a re resurrected corpse. And the keys to why this is important, it's a resurrected corpse that had died unjustly and cruelly. So not only was she innocent, but also she kind of died through an explosion. And that's <laughs> not so good. But anyhow, dark spirits shall descend and wreak havoc with Juliet's body. So your timeline is probably within a day and a half, but midnight is definitely uh, awaken of the evil spirits and uh, thus descends into chaotic evilness. 
and that just my idea. I keep imagining with all these towns are like witches are evil. I'm like this is a town from Avatar, isn't it? Where he goes <laughs> there and they have the wheel to decide his punishment. This is that kind of town. I've been thinking about that this entire yeah, time. Yeah, that's basically what you're getting at with like all of our scenarios. <laughs> So Juliet, the whole reason she was burnt at the stake was that was where the wheel landed. Yeah. She could have gotten community service. Mm-hmm. She could have been locked up in prison for a year. You know, it just, you know, fate's aside. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so I I did not decide to, to include a whole bunch of witchcraft for that very reason. <laughs> Wasn't that your um, entire scenario idea of, hey, Salem witch trials? That's where it started, but I prefer to evolve these as we go. By the way, I like your... Your prompt. It works. It works really well. My prompt is good. Your Yay, prompt is I good. got approval. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but what hey. about ours? You're his wife. He has to like yours. Ooh. Yeah. He told you he liked you when you first met him. <laughs> <laughs> he has to tell you again. I don't Just... know. Having gone over other scenario ideas with him, he's like, you know what would be better? Do this thing instead. Do my idea. That'd be better. And yet, she usually <laughs> agrees with me. Um, after that little side note. <laughs> so... My idea takes some direct inspiration f- beyond Romeo and Juliet from The Hobbit, as well as, um, oh man, what was the other one? I had it in my head and then it disappeared. Um, something else. It'll it'll become apparent or not as we go along. Um, okay, so your party comes along the town of Jeweler's Box. This town is a very, very old town. It is nestled right within the edge of a mountain range and is known for having very valuable jewels and gemstones that come out of it. And your party has gone there for whatever reason. Whilst in town, you're informed that there's a very contentious trial that has been going on that has just ended with the accused being declared guilty of theft. You are hired on to guard her for the evening as they are afraid of what may potentially happen as this accused is a drow, a drow female by the name of Julia. Your party, um, should you as a DM decide to have her talk, she will tell the party that she did not do what she was accused of. She did not really confess to it, though people claim that they found it on her or they found it nearby her. But what they found was a ring with a bright red gemstone in it. She may or may not tell more stories about her childhood or growing up amongst the drow, but she will let loose the fact that the drow have been hated in this town ever since they emerged out of the mines. Because before that, the town... Uh, mine was owned by a single family, a family of elves that lived within the town. And this family had become quite rich off of this mine, claiming to own it as themselves until the drow emerged. And as anyone knows, drow are like ants where you find (laughs) one thousands more are buried underneath and you do not know how extensive they are. So best to do what the drow say. The drow claimed to own this mine claimed that several of their pieces were hidden amongst the areas of this mine as they themselves had been digging out as those up above were digging down. The drow currently control the mine and that has been a source of contention between the drow and the elvish family for some time. It is unfortunate that the elf family that 
used to own the mine, currently hates Julia and her family. The execution goes off seemingly without a hitch, except for the minor explosion that occurs at the execution, leaving bodies strewn and questions unanswered. Your party, having guarded her the night before, is expected to have some kind of hidden information, so they are tasked with solving what happened here. Basically, what you guys have stated happened happens where the party begins investigating the town and investigating what all went on to try to solve the backstory. Certainly, you will run across Roman, who is the Elvish family's oldest son, who is running around acting suspicious, which will eventually lead you to discovering that Roman had a thing for Julia. Roman and Julia were expected to be married, at least in Roman's eyes, and Roman had proposed using a ring with a bright red gem in the middle. You also discovered that this ring with the bright red gem in the middle had been held by this Elvish family for years. The drow in this town have stories of this ring. It was a ring that was hidden away in the mines as a major danger. They don't know exactly what is stored within this ring, but there is an entity within this ring that has been thirsting to release itself for decades, for centuries, and the drow have been trying to make sure that that ring has stayed put. What your party will discover throughout this entire story is that Roman is being manipulated. The ring has been telling him how to revive his now dead fiance. The ring has told him that should he carry out the ritual that it describes, Julia will return to life. Little does Roman know, Julia's body will return to life with the entity inside. Your party, should they figure this out, will have a time clock in place to go journey into the depths of the mine and search out where the elven sun set his hideaway that he and Julia would meet at so that they could live underground together once married. And there's your scenario. A long scenario, but your scenario. That seems so much sadder than the ones that we came up with. And she died in all of them. Tis fitting. I mean, Julia's stupid. <laughs> well, <laughs> They're teenagers. See, the thing that, that I wanted to do with this was the same thing as Romeo and Juliet. Misinformation or miscommunication is what leads to the tragedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that no one has really communicated to one another, oh, there's this missing ring. Oh, they just happen to have this ring. Oh, there just happens to be an entity in this ring. And Romeo, who is not a Roman, who has not considered hide nor hair of any of this hmm. is leading down the path to destruction because no one's talking to anyone. Are you channeling anything personal? No. <laughs> you know, we know a great counselor. If y'all are interested, he listens like, to everything. I'm, I'm good. I'm legitimately good. But I liked that as a theme that you could place and run with throughout this whole thing. Make Romeo Roman dumb. Seriously, make him dumb. Because that will play up even more so how all of this nonsense is occurring in this town. You need the blood of an innocent for this ritual. Okay, yeah, that sounds like that's a good ritual to cast. I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah. You guys don't understand. I'm in love. Oh my goodness. Just let me have this. Get out of my life. If he's the only one that you make super dumb in this entire town, more power to it. That'll sound even better. Because he's the he least likely. He couldn't do anything. He's, yeah. he, he would never do anything. Well, it's his mm-hmm. own incompetence that killed off Julia in this. Mm-hmm. Like that That's this entire consent of this prompt is that he's the reason she's dead. 
And even in mine, he gave her the ring. He stole it from his dad to give to her. And she got accused of it and convicted of it. And she died. And he's like, oh, guys, I have a brilliant plan. I promise it'll work. <laughs> I have a cunning plan, sir. Yeah. There's a lot you mm. can play around with it as to how dumb this plan actually yeah. was and how bad it went just through the investigation. I mean, even if he succeeds, you just have this entity that's out now. That entity could become a major factor in your world later on, or it could just be it causes destruction and is never heard of again. But also there's a chance playing through this, you have absolutely no idea what the ring is. You have to talk to people. Mm -hmm. So Casey, I do have to ask if Juliet or Julia is brought back with the entity inside, what would you have be the end game of the entity? Like, would that be revealed to the players at all? That something is wrong or would you just have it be if they've discovered something could be wrong they might find it otherwise they may never know that romeo did this i think well it depends upon how the party plays it out is really what it came down to i didn't want to say specifically what the entity was mm -hmm. because we've we've chosen so many on the show already it could be a <laughs> lich it could be yeah. i even thought like a genie might be interesting yeah. well that's what i mean is throw out is it possible that the party will never discover what actually happened? Yeah. I mean, they, they could discover the aftermath because I think as soon as the entity comes about, Roman's dead because, <laughs> you know, kill the witnesses, get rid of yeah. any and all evidence of what actually happened. Well, on these um, such happy stories, we will end the episode here and we will see you next time. Hi there, Marie here, aka Queen in Yellow. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you have a chance, leave us a review and subscribe for updates when new episodes are released. For more shows, find us at our website, potatokennynetwork.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We also have a Patreon, so if you can, throw us four quarters a month, or your country's equivalent of that. That helps us make even more shows for you to enjoy. Hello! Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy.